Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. Guess what? Me and Esther are sitting in the same room in her beautiful house in Chicago, and we just got done with our brand photo shoot. Yeah, it's so fun to be in the same room. It's like honestly surreal. We keep saying, okay, we're going to manifest that this happens a lot more. I know. Because it's so fun to just get to like see you in person and not like have our whole like hold into like this little tiny room mm-hmm. or in my living room on the floor. So it's still like makeshift because yeah. all podcasts are makeshift, right? It's casual. We have our fizzy drinks. Yeah. Shout out to Arbonne. <laughs> Shout out to Jade DeConing, my sister-in-law who gave me these Arbonne drinks. Yeah. They are delicious. They're I mean, good. can we get sponsored by Arbonne? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just been so much fun to, I mean, just to come back to Chicago and to like see the city I don't want to say as an adult because I was here as a college student. I guess I was an adult then, but like just to, I don't know, get to have a peek into Esther's life and meet her husband, Jake, and her new puppy, Cypress, and just like see her beautiful aesthetic house. If you guys were wondering, everything is branded to Sarah and like... It's kind of embarrassing it's that it's... not embarrassing at all. I'm actually jealous. <laughs> But um, just like so many plants and I don't know, their house is just so cute. They have the best backyard and like her vegetable garden is going off right now. Like there's so, there's so much that we've eaten just like vegetables and she made guacamole and just like the freshest stuff straight from the garden. It's just been so nice. I feel like this whole weekend has just been like enriching for my soul. Yeah, I feel the same way. Of course, you're welcome. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you here. And I think we were talking about this yesterday, like having Jen got in late Thursday night. So I had all Friday together and we're recording on Saturday. And it's just nice to get to spend extended time together because we live such busy, busy lives. You have your husband, you have your child, you have your business. Like I have my business too. And we get to, even though we chat like texting, we don't get to spend like extended time talking to each other and not just talking about work stuff, talking about like life and just like getting to be in a community with each other. So this time this weekend is so precious to me because we get to hear all of that. Like we get to have our love fest moments in real life. Yes, We got to have our brand photo shoot with Maddie, one of our dear friends. So that was really special. Maddie lives in Chicago too and was in Design Biz Mastery with us. And so we love her. And it's just been so fun. It's been such like joy-filled time. Yeah. And, and we still I, have more. I know we do. Too. Yeah. We, we're, we're doing hot pot tonight. I'm so excited yeah. to experience that. And like all of the groceries look so good. I'm just, I'm so excited to just like continue spending time with Esther and Jake. And oh, I can't wait to see the pictures though. I'm, Me too. Oh, I'm Me so, too. We need to like organize all of our we took so much like behind the scenes content we need to make some reels for you guys but uh it's just really nice and like I do I do have to say like I really Giselle and I were planning to do a photo shoot like this and like I really like wish that we would have had this like time to be together in person and so like I don't take a, a single second for granted you know like it just 
it means a lot that like, although like I'm not doing this with her, I'm so grateful to be here with Esther. It just like, it's like a positive, like warm, happy feeling in my heart that like, I don't know, you just, you just never know what's going to happen. And so spending the time in person with the people that you care about most is just really, really special to me. So definitely. Okay. So before we get started talking about our topic for today, which is just kind of like getting a little bit more personal, sharing a couple of struggles that we both have in like life and business, I do want to remind you guys that we have our Patreon-only live quarterly Q&A call on September 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, This is just, it will go really quickly, but this is one of our favorite ways to just get more FaceTime with our listeners. And it's a really small group. So if you guys have been thinking about supporting the podcast on Patreon, um, this is for our $10 patrons. So we would love to have you guys. And just as we were talking about how it's been so good to spend time together one-on-one, just having Jen here, I think that this Patreon-only call is also so special because it's kind of like that. Even though we're not in the same space, we get to have this little room online together where we get to chat and just get to know each other and hang out and talk about life and business in a more casual, organic setting. So definitely join us there. Yes, we would love to have you guys. Okay, so intro question time. Yeah. Um, what does your typical work from home uniform look like, Esther? It looks just like what I'm wearing right now. And you can't describe it for our <laughs> listeners, please. <laughs> I'm wearing, I am wearing a black tee, a short crop top tee, and some linen pants, cream linen pants. They're cozy pants. It's just like the coziest outfit for me. Like I like it to be a little bit stretchy, but cozy, comfy. And like I can go out and pick stuff out of my garden during the day and like go for a grocery run during the day too. Like I don't typically work in my pajamas, Mm -hmm. but I do typically work in like the most comfy outfits. And sometimes I'm also in like leggings or a big sweater if it's a little bit cooler outside. So not right now, but yeah, that's typically what my work from home outfit looks like. I'm kind of the same way. I I definitely feel like I need to get ready like a little bit in the morning, like at least like take a shower and just do skincare, even if I'm not doing makeup, you know? So I usually wear like a little crop, a crop tee. And then like, if I want to do sweatpants, I'll do sweatpants on like days where I don't have a lot of calls. Or if I do have like more calls, then like I'll do like, long, like stretchy pants that look a little bit more put together with like a tank or something like that, where it's like, can I get down on the ground and play with Ryder in this? Yes. Do I feel comfortable leaving the house in this? Yes. Some days where I'm like, I'm not leaving the house at all. That's where I'm wearing my like oversized tee, sweat shorts, hair in a bun, that type of situation. But I feel like more often than not, it's like put together, casual, comfy house. Yeah. I feel like I always have to be somewhat put together, especially when I have client calls throughout the day, because I mean, I don't want to be on a client call and like look like crap. So even if I like have just taken a shower, I'll put it up into a tight pony so that you can't fully tell, even though I'm sure they can. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. They probably just took a tight shower too. (laughs) Have you ever put like a nice top on and then you had like the comfiest pants on that don't match at all just to get on a call. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I have to like, really? I have to have to match. Like I, I don't know, because sometimes I like have to stand up and like close the blinds or like I have to stand up and go get a pen. And it's like, 
I don't know. I just, I just want it to like look good together. I don't know for my own sake, but I do know people who do the whole like, like baggy gray sweatpants, but like nice blouse for the Zoom calls. So I, I appreciate that. I respect that. I have in the past done my hair in the front and just like forgotten about the back because <laughs> that's all that matters on the call. Honestly, yeah. And I have also done like the cozy pants on the bottom and like yeah. a nicer top, yeah. especially if I have an inquiry call mm-hmm. and yeah. I want to look like really nice and put together, but yeah. I don't want to like be uncomfortable. Right. Because even jeans, I found I can't work. I don't work gym. in jeans. I can't sit down in jeans for long periods of time. Yeah. I don't know if that's just like I COVID I made like, me like not like like have absolutely no tolerance for being uncomfortable. But <laughs> maybe that is what it is though. That's what it is for <laughs> me for sure. I'm like no longer will I put myself in anything tight. No, jeans are like fancy for me. <laughs> <laughs> like we went out to dinner last night. We got to meet Lauren from LB Creative. Love Lauren. Um, and we went out to like a nice dinner. And I was like, I'm going to put on jeans and like a crop tank. And I felt like it looked good. And then I got there and there all these people were like actually like dressed up with like real clothes. And I was like, maybe I need to like up my game a little bit. But I don't know. It was like hot outside. It was casual. Like I think it works. It's our style. Yeah. We're just laid back. I know. We are. Oh, girl next door. (laughs) Girl next door. Well, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Just continue our conversations from this whole weekend and get to talk about like the stuff that's hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like we told you guys at the beginning of the season, we just kind of want to be more real and be, not that we haven't been real, but like, let's just talk about what's actually going on. Yeah. And like peel open the curtain and be like very serious that like we don't have our stuff together. As much as we like try to have that portrayed and we we believe it, like it's a it's kind of the thing where you when you tell yourself that you are successful and you are great at what you do, you exude that personality and that's needed too. But we're not like that all the time. No. And I don't think that anyone should be expected to be that way all the time either. Like, I feel like one of the things that people say they like most about this podcast is that like, we don't put on airs. We don't pretend to be the most experienced people in our industries. We're not here to just like talk at you guys. And we want you guys to see yourselves in us and relate to us. So that's why we would want to talk about like a couple topics each that we feel like we're kind of struggling with. And then maybe get answers, maybe not, maybe just vent a little bit and just kind of see what perspective the other one has for us, you know? So it's not necessarily going to be like, let's solve each other's problems in one podcast episode. But our hope and our intention for bringing up these topics is that like someone else out there sees themselves in that and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Because it's so easy to think that like the thoughts that you have in your own head and, you know, and everything are like there's something wrong with you or something wrong with your business, but like we're all hot mess expresses behind the scenes. So, and that's okay. Let's embrace it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When I was a brand new mom, my business goals totally shifted. My new baby was priority number one, and I wanted to craft my business around the freedom and flexibility of my schedule while also supporting my family. It was really confusing. When I signed up for Design Biz Mastery, a group coaching program led by Morgan Rapp, I finally felt like I'd found the right fit. 
I continued growing my revenue while also getting my time back. And I actually began to love sales calls rather than dreading them. Morgan's been growing her family alongside her business over the last 10 years. And I really related to her focus on time freedom and profitability over vanity numbers. Design Biz Mastery has a signature blend of quick wins and sustainable slow builds, specific growth mindset and sales tactics. And it's the OG business course for designers who are ready to powerfully sell, confidently price, and productize an ecosystem of services to scale to peaceful 10 or 20K months without dragging timelines, frantically creating courses, or hiring an expensive team to get there. Grow your revenue and start taking Fridays off, like me, with Design Biz Mastery. Visit dbm.morganrap.com slash better. Morgan Rap is spelled M-O-R-G-A-N-R-A-P-P. To learn more, get a special bonus and also receive access to a free training about Morgan's three-part framework to peacefully scale your design business towards your first or next six figures on part-time hours. Okay. So I think it's really easy to fall into scarcity mindset. And this is something that I definitely struggle with, especially, you know, when the big R word, the recession is kind of on everyone's mind. And I just, I never really believe that there will be a next project. And I'm like almost always surprised when a new inquiry comes my way or when someone refers someone to me. Um, And I, I do feel like I operate my business out of a place of okay, well, if I don't get another client, then like, this is what I'll do. Or if I, if this is all I make this month, then like, I'll just pay myself this or whatever, you know? And I, I do feel like in a way that holds me back from putting myself out there and marketing myself. And, and, you know, I am booked out until September right now, which is next month. And I just booked a project for mid-September and it's going to be an intensive. And it's like, I have all these inquiries coming in and I, I, because it's a, you know, it's a busy season with back to school for me right now. And for some reason, I still think like, oh, that's the last time someone's going to ask me for that, you know? And so like, I do a couple of things because of this mindset. I tend to say yes to projects that are not a good fit. They're not aesthetically a good fit. The scope of work is not a good fit. The timeline's not a good fit. Or it'll just be like, oh, like random graphic design projects that end up taking way too long and you get paid only a couple hundred dollars for them. And, you know, not that that's a bad thing at all, but like sometimes I'm overbooked at the same time and I just grab it. I'm like, oh, I could use that extra, you know, I could use extra money. You know, like I just, I need to say yes to this because I'm scared that something else isn't going to come my way that's better. And I get overbooked. I say yes to to really crunch timelines because clients, of course, want things as soon as they can get them, which I totally understand and respect. And I tend not to enforce like I am, you know, booked until this date because I'll say like, oh, I'm booked until this date. But if you have a special consideration, like maybe I could work something out because I feel like I need to caveat conversations with potential clients with like, let me show you how flexible I am. Let me show you how far I'm willing to go to serve you. And then I don't think about like, okay, well, how do I want to be feeling during the work week? Like, am I going to be really stressed? Like, can I, like before my vacation, like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can fit you in really quick before I go on vacation. And then I was working up until the very last minute trying to like launch things and trying to serve my clients at the highest level, you know? So that's, it was just like, that's kind of a lot, but I wanted to see like, if you've ever experienced that and like, 
if you have anything that you've done or told yourself or journaled about that has like helped you shift away from this, like, well, this is the last client I'm ever going to get. Or if it's just something that you continually think about. I think that all of the feelings that you have are completely valid because I think a lot of humans run on the scarcity mindset, trying to figure out what the next thing that's going to come in. Like when you Back in the day when we were hunting for food, it was always like, okay, when's the next food going to come in? And that's what money is for us. So it's not uncommon to feel like the way that you do. And I definitely feel like that, especially when you want to make X amount of dollars. Like you want to be able to bring in money and the more money you bring in, the even more that you want. And it's kind of this greed in a way. And I don't want to say that you're greedy, no, but I, I think get that. Yeah. I think that we're all kind of greedy and we're all kind of once you get the ball rolling, you just want more and you want more. And then you get little projects and it's like, okay, well, that 200 extra, the 500 extra, like whatever it is. And even though it doesn't align, you're like, well, I can do it quick. And that's what you tell yourself. And then it turns into like this whole other spiral of like, wait, why did I do that? I didn't need it. And it's hard. I guess my first thing is just to say like, it's hard and I'm definitely there. I was just telling you literally earlier today about how I took on that website client like retainer on hourly, which I told myself I wouldn't do hourly, but I was like, oh, it'd be nice to have an extra two to 300 a month just for like doing hardly anything. And I ended up, I'm not working with her anymore because it like didn't work out. It wasn't aligned, but I thought that it was something that I needed or could just like do easily. And it's hard to differentiate that. And I feel like it's easy to just kind of jump at everything and feel like you're never going to get the right clients. But historically speaking, you have gotten the right clients. I've very, been very lucky. I've been very lucky. Yeah. I know that too for myself. And it's, it's easy to say that in hindsight and also hard to look forward to the future. So for example, for me right now, I don't have any clients booked for September. And I'm like, am I ever going to get a client? But like, I literally told myself that last year when I didn't have any clients for March. And then by the end of March, I was booked out till August. And so I feel like you just never know. And I think there's something really powerful about trusting that the universe has your back. And I think that when those little things come, it's testing you to say, no, I'm okay. Because I know something better is out there for me. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I, I completely love everything that you said. I think trusting God or the universe or, you know, whatever you believe in a greater power, but then also trusting yourself that like, A, you'll make the best use of any extra space that you have in your schedule. I mean, that's great. Like thinking of it, not necessarily as like, oh my gosh, if I say no to this, then like, I won't have any active client projects, but then it's like, okay, well, how can I use that opportunity to work on my own business or like explore a template shop or explore, you know, other ways to introduce income into my business, getting creative, like pursuing one of the 10,000 creative projects that are on my mind that I don't have time for right now. You know, like that shift, obviously money is definitely a consideration, you know, but like, I love what you said about just kind of like trust, like trust yourself, trust the universe that like something good will come your way. I want to ask you where the thought comes from that there is not going to be an next project that's perfect. Oh, that's such a good question because it's like, I feel like it might be rooted in 
I don't want to just blame everything on imposter syndrome because I feel like that is kind of, I don't know, it's talked about a lot, but like there is a part of me that goes back to, you know, my days working in the corporate world and magazines and just thinking that like the career path that I'm on now just isn't as legitimate as someone who is working in the corporate world or who has climbed their way up the ladder and they're, you know, an art director or they're, you know, in charge of a big team of people. And I'm more, you know, kind of more independent doing my own thing. Like businesses like ours being seen as like, oh, like that's cute. That's a cute little side project. Whereas like we're actually living the dream. I'm living the dream of being able to work just a couple hours a day and serving clients that I love and being a mom and traveling and taking time off and everything. So I do think that a little bit of it comes from like, okay, this isn't that legitimate. These thoughts that I had when I first started my business of like, okay, what if I fail? Like, what if I'm, what if I look stupid? Like, you know, what, like, and now I have, you know, I have this podcast, I have this platform, I have mentorship students. And it's like, oh my goodness, what if I like let everyone down by not continuing to be successful? And so there is, I feel like more pressure in a way now of like, oh my goodness, like what if I don't get another client for the rest of the year? Like what type of content am I going to put out? You know, like what am I going to tell people? Like no one wants to work with someone who isn't like booked out super far. But like, I feel like a lot of those things are like lies that I I, like stories that I make up in my head. I don't know. Does any of that like make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think, would you agree that a lot of that comes down to this expectation of what it should look like for you? Like you think that you have to have the right clients come through, perfect clients come through. You have to have this level that you've been telling yourself that you want and you deserve because I mean you do deserve it but there's the expectation of I'm supposed to be there now yeah because remember we were talking about you we are both so young still Mm -hmm. so young businesses we we have time we have so much time and even though we are two three four years into our business that's like nothing yeah Like that's still considered a startup phase. Yeah, it is. And I definitely do feel like I still like from project to project, my process is continually changing and getting better. And I'm learning more about myself and who I like to serve. And I mean, like I've been working with the most incredible clients and I feel like when I feel this way or if I get an inquiry that just doesn't feel quite right, but there's something in me that's like, oh, you should say yes, because what if... Like, you know, what if it's the last one? What if, you know, like those type of scarcity thoughts, like I should just go open up my portfolio on my website or go look at my hype folder of like amazing, like dream clients who are so happy with me and think like by saying yes to this, what am I saying no to? That's like a good question that I feel like I should ask myself in those situations because like I took on a project that like I probably should have referred out. It was on a platform that I really wasn't, as familiar with, but I thought I could kind of just figure it out really quickly. I ended up having to like end the contract with the client and refer them to someone who is more experienced in that particular platform. And I was like, I shouldn't have said yes to this in the first place. I mean, it was it was a smaller project. I thought it would go quickly, but like it was also stressing me out right before I was trying to go on vacation. I thought I could fit it in. And, you know, I ended up 
I mean, the client was fine. Like they were happy to get a referral to someone more experienced, but like, I just, I don't want to be making decisions out of that place. Like I want to be making decisions out of this is a great fit or in a really slow season, if it's not that great of a fit, but I know I have the time for it. I want to be making a decision to say yes out of that, not out of scarcity and fear. Yeah. You think about if you add up the numbers too, and you get like a small project and you're like, well, that took the time that I wouldn't have for a big project also. Or the time to market myself. Or the time to market yourself for the next big project. Yeah. Because three little projects that add up to one bigger project still, that's three. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of admin. <laughs> I also know that like you put a lot of effort into your clients. Like you want them to have the best experience. And I don't want to just say that the answer to this question is like, just say no, but kind of. <laughs> like you kind of have to trust. And I think it comes back to trust. Yeah. If you... The next time, I guess I'm challenging you. The next time this does come, say no and see how it feels. Because I know initially you may feel like, oh, that sucks. I could have made money. But think about it the next day. You'd be like, okay, was that the right decision? And then think about it a week later and keep coming back and see like, was that the right decision? And record yourself, either like voice record or write it down in your journal just to know, okay, I think. Because my gut is telling me you're going to look at it the next morning and be like, yeah, I have other stuff that I need to work on. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's like... Including the podcast. Yeah, including the podcast. It's like, oh, I go reach out to more advertisers or or even like, wow, I can quit work an hour early today and have some me time before the baby wakes up. Or I've been trying more often to start work at 10 a.m. instead of 9 a.m., which is what I was doing before I went on vacation really just have that one-on-one morning time, like reading books with Ryder or just like playing quietly in his room with him. And like, that's priceless to me. You know, you couldn't pay me enough money to give that up. So I think I just kind of need to remind myself of those things when I do get an inquiry or an opportunity that like I get excited about in the moment. I need to take a lot of other things into consideration rather than just like jumping on a yes or just saying something really quick. Cause I'm definitely a very like intuitive, like visionary style person where I'm like, let's do it. Let's, you know, I'll take you on. Like, oh, I think I can fit you in. Like, I'll make it right. I always underestimate how long everything is going to take. So. Yeah. When I finish designing a brand and I'm working on translating into a website, I found some platforms more limiting than others. I crave the design freedom and also do not want to have to take a million years to implement it. So when I had my first Shopify client, I was so nervous and worried that I would be boxed in with the templates. Then I signed up for Shopify Codex, the Shopify course for designers, and that fear vanished. It has helped me understand the platform in a digestible way. How to use the code editor, understand the admin and development environment, and so much more. I also have some fear around Shopify, even though I've used it a few times. You guys know that I am not super confident in my code skills, so I often get frustrated when I'm trying to adjust things, especially spacing. Leia's course is exactly what I wish I had had at the beginning of learning Shopify because it would have saved me a lot of headache. Ditch those cookie cutter templates and stop boxing in your design dreams. Become a Shopify expert by heading over to shopifycodex.com better. 
and use the code BETTER at checkout to get $300 off. So something I am struggling with in my business right now is really figuring out what my marketing looks like. And I know we get a lot of questions from our listeners too about this. So I hope that this resonates with you. I feel like I have to be a content creator and I'm not a content creator. I feel like I have to be constantly like making things and putting things out there when like I don't have the time for it. I was talking with a friend the other day and she was saying like, wow, I don't know how you do what you do. You are the president of your company and you are also the project manager and you're also like the account director and you're also the designer and everything. And I am definitely out of all those things, not a content creator. And it's really difficult to like figure out where to market. Specifically, Instagram royally sucks right now. (laughs) I know. I don't feel like I get any engagement. I feel like everywhere that I've put time and energy in, including Pinterest, I'm like, what's the point of all of this? Like, why am I spending the time doing this if I'm getting nothing out of it? It's really, really frustrating. And I feel like I also just don't really know where my clients live. Like, what platforms do they care about? I want to experiment with a lot of things. But I feel just like also really burnt out with coming up with ideas. And then when I do come up with ideas, I see this list of things that I've told myself I should do. And then I get overwhelmed with it because I have like, oh, you should start a market email list. You should post more on LinkedIn. You should repurpose content. You should create things. And it's basically the same thought process of like being a content creator just on different platforms. It's a whole other business is doing 24-7 content creation. And I just feel so burnt out by it. And I'm like, I mean, kind of going to your, what we were talking about from you is like, then I feel like if I don't market well, I'm not going to bring in the right clients. And especially in this time now where I don't have clients booked out for months in advance. And I'm feeling a little bit stressed about that. And I trust, I know that the right things are going to come, but it still is just like, well, I should be doing this marketing thing because I can't always have word of mouth clients. I can't always have that referral. And I maybe that's in my head too. I was going to say, I want to challenge you on like, why, why can't all your clients come from referrals without marketing? Oh my gosh. I don't know why I have that in my head. Yeah. Because I would tell you, yeah, no, that you can all definitely have referrals. Like, yeah. just trust that you are doing good work. I'm like talking to myself right now. <laughs> I know that I do good work and that people will want to share me with others. I'm like, I guess scrambling to figure out like, oh, do I want, I want more work and I want more opportunities. Yeah. What is that like? It's not bad to want more agreed. though. Agreed. No, <laughs> no, that's not it. It's, I feel like, I feel like there's like a couple things happening here and I, I feel like this is, first of all, extremely relatable because I feel that way too. What I see in a lot of the designers that I mentor, and marketing is one of the things that comes up most often just because it's just really challenging, is that there's this like feeling that a cold lead that books out of nowhere is more valuable than a referral. Like designers will say like, oh, well, I, well, all my clients are referrals. Like, like it's a bad thing, you know. It's like, oh, well, that was just a referral. So it's kind of like discounting that, like, oh, well, I didn't actually get that client from marketing. Like, yeah, they didn't click on my website from Google, so it's not as legitimate. But like, 
if you're doing like 90% of your business on referrals and then 10% of business from, you know, a very low minimum investment in marketing, like that, I would rather do that than like be spending a ton of time on marketing and be like, oh, look at all these cold leads that I generated. You know what I mean? That's so fair. I think this actually (laughs) was eye-opening when you were talking because I was thinking about like the other day, our washing machine broke and it's really freaking frustrating (laughs) having a broken washing machine. I know that's very first world problems, but I found a electrician from my neighbor. And I know the electrician, you're in the neighborhood. So you have the referrals of people who are in the neighborhood. And he came and he fixed our washing machine or our dishwasher. Did I say washing machine? Whatever. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Same thing. Same thing. (laughs) So he came and he had all of his stuff off referrals. And if he probably was stressed out about like marketing it to this mass audience, like that wouldn't work, right? Mm -hmm. So I think in the same way, if I'm just kind of like putting random stuff out there, that's probably why it's not working because I'm putting random stuff out there. Yeah. And also probably people can tell when I'm not being genuine because I can tell when I'm not being genuine. I feel like that's something we have been talking about a lot with like content creation. Like I've been experimenting with reels a lot. Like I'm just enjoying them and I'm just putting them out there. I don't care if they get one view and no comments. I'm literally making them just because I'm enjoying the process one of the things I've been saying to myself a lot, and I'll say it to you right now, is like, if it's not fun, it ain't going to get done. <laughs> That's what I tell my mentorship students. And so it's like, I don't know. It, like, I don't want to be like, you don't have to market your business. Like, you'll be fine. I mean, but you can. So it's like, I wonder what it would look like for you to form a marketing plan around generating more referrals around the network that you already have of people that know you and love you and want to recommend you to people. Maybe that looks like starting a referral program for past clients. Maybe that looks like having a special tag in your email marketing and adding all of the past clients or past people that you've worked with in the agency world to it. And like, that's kind of like your inner circle and you send like personal updates to them, you know, like, One time someone in the marketing world told me like, if you have 100 followers on Instagram, focus on serving them to the highest level rather than worrying about getting cold people coming in and nurturing them, you know? So I feel like that just really resonated with me because then it's like, okay, well, if I made a reel and like 10 people saw it, like maybe one of those people like needed to see that. Maybe that one person will know someone else who wants brand design. It's like kind of thinking smaller than like, oh, I didn't go viral, you know? And so like my reach was small or whatever, you know? So, cause I mean, yeah. I, look at, I look, of course, I look at my fall and then I'm like, oh, well, I don't have 20,000 followers. So like not that many people are going to see my stuff. And oh my then it's gosh. Like, all, all it the takes vanity. is one person. The vanity metrics. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think something I've been, as I've been trying to like work around this marketing, like what does that look like for me? I've been thinking and keep coming back to LinkedIn. Yeah. And I know Giselle was huge on LinkedIn mm-hmm. too. I don't want to be a LinkedIn influencer. And we've seen all the like, oh, I'm a LinkedIn influencer. Here's Is that a why thing? Yes. People, are people influencers on There's LinkedIn? There's a TikToker called Pasha. And you. I'm going to show you to I him later. <laughs> I'm going to show him to you later because he's so funny. He is like, the day in the life of a LinkedIn influencer and then I'm talks dead. about all the things they, <laughs> they write onto LinkedIn. And I don't want that. I want to, it kind of goes back to the referrals. Like, I feel like, LinkedIn is where I have a lot of my connections from college, from past jobs. And even if you're not like tight with them, 
those are people that have been in your life and have seen the work that you've done. So those are people that are going to be referrals, essentially, even if you're doing quote unquote marketing on LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like hacking the referral train. It's like, rather than sitting back, I know you're not sitting back and just waiting for work to come to you, but it feels like that sometimes with referrals. And that's why I feel like designers will say like, they'll feel like a referral isn't as, you know, impressive as like, I made a reel and it went viral and then someone found me yeah. that, and then I got a booking or whatever, you know, it's like, like it's network, network marketing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, we're not doing an MLM here, but like, no, but it's like, it's connecting with already, people. yeah, it's encouraging the people that already know and love you, like sharing new work and being excited about what's going on in your life. And, you know, if it feels organic to you, it's going to feel organic to them to read. And, you know, like if that is, I mean, I feel like so much of, our businesses are referral based. And so it's like, rather than having to go elsewhere and like look for that cold lead, it's like, okay, how can I make use of the audience that I already have, the, of the people that already know and love me, you know? So maybe a shift to that perspective would, yeah. be, would be good. This conversation has been really helpful because I think I've been so in my head about what I quote unquote should be doing. Yeah. Don't and, shut all over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, that quote always gets me. I know. I feel like, yeah, I need to just like let go of this idea that I have to do what everybody else is doing too. Yeah. Because I think everybody's trying to do Instagram, even though Instagram sucks right now. Yeah, everybody's like, trying to do TikTok when like TikTok doesn't necessarily bring the right people, it yeah. can. Like you could go viral, can. but you don't know if that, those people are the type of people you want even to be bringing in. You know, like what would it look like for you if you didn't make another post on Instagram for the next year and rein your business solely off of referrals? Like that'd be great. And I feel like you could release, like you could just make content when you feel like you want to and like, ha- like delete the to-do list and like maybe have something like a quarterly check-in to that inner circle of yeah. you could even brand it and name it or something like like you can create the quote unquote marketing plan that works with the way that your brain works and the way that your energy works like maybe that looks like just a quarterly push and then yeah. you kind of work a little bit behind the scenes just take the pressure off of that day to day like I should be posting I should be posting because I think we've seen it even consistent posting on Instagram isn't going to guarantee someone reaches out to you. Yeah. You know, I think too, another thing is like, I've been toying around with the idea of creating a new extension of Sarah design and more to come on that later. It, Cause I think it's definitely going to happen. Oh, I know it's going to happen. Definitely. I think definitely. <laughs> it's going to happen. And I think that that's kind of where like my business is shifting a lot and changing and I am excited for the future. And to your point, like if it's not fun, it's not going to get done. So like if something's not fun anymore, also it's not fun anymore and we can move on. Yeah, exactly. You can let yourself have fun with your business. Cause that's like, I mean, we started this for freedom and for fun and to be able to have the flexibility that we want. And so, you know, it's just, I feel like so many questions or like a lot of different topics that we could have talked about today. It comes back to like, why did I start my business? And does this fit in with the ideal way that I want to be living my life day to day? Like, like maybe you do want to be like taking little video clips and showing a day in your life. Like maybe that is fun for you in one 
part of your week, but then maybe in another week that just feels exhausting. You don't want to show up on camera and you could just let yourself not do that and be, you know, be okay with that rather than, you know, it's hard when you consume content and you see everyone else, you're like, oh my gosh, she's like making a reel every day. Like, I don't have the energy to do that. You know, it's like, do it when it's fun. Don't do it when it's not fun. I know that's like not the best marketing advice and I'm not a marketing consultant, so <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I don't know. That's just like kind of my been my perspective recently. And as soon as I took that perspective, content creation got fun again. You know, yeah, that's so good. What's been the biggest change for you in the way you view success from when you started your business to now? That's such a good question. It was very like money-based in the beginning, which is funny because now... That was what you just asked about. Like you're, the topic we talked about earlier was like the scarcity mindset related to money. And I think maybe that's kind of yeah, there's interesting. Definitely very interesting. something there for sure. I mean, it's funny because I, when I first started, I did have a dual income household. My husband did have a full-time job at the time. Now he's in the transition from being in the army to being in the civilian world. Like I want him to have that time and space. Like I want him to be a dad. I want him to explore, you know, opportunities and ideas. And I'm so grateful for that. But like, you know, it's funny that like I was, I thought that money was the success driver in the very beginning and I didn't have as much financial pressure. Now, technically, there's a lot more financial pressure just because, like, I'm the sole provider right now in this season. But success for me looks like quitting work early. It looks like having a lunch with my husband while Ryder's napping. It looks like not like the time that I'm spending at my computer and not even necessarily like the prestige of the projects that I work on, but it just it's like the lifestyle that I've built that I am so proud of and the impact that I'm able to have on others' businesses through my mentorship program, through this podcast, just through being my like goofy, awkward self on the internet and the people that connect with that. I think that's probably like the most amazing, like fulfilling thing beyond making a full-time income, make, being able to support my family. Like, of course you have to have that or else the other stuff can't be there. So I'm not discounting wanting to be ambitious financially, wanting to have a six-figure income, wanting to hit 10K months. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's just become a little bit less single focused and more holistic for me as the years have gone by. That yeah. About your answer too. Well, I wanted to say that I think that your why has really uncovered itself more. We start this out of this desire to be our own bosses and to create something for ourselves, to like start the entrepreneurial journey and to, I mean, at its core, just have a design agency. And then what your why uncovered itself more of like, I'm doing this for my family. Yeah. And for I think <laughs> we can easily get lost at the very beginning of the business aspect of it. And like, I have to build this empire and forget the actual freedom in it. And I would say that I think that my definition of success was also the same. I mean, I had been 
working an agency and working grueling hours, like very demanding, working with high ticket clients. And I was like, my version of success would be to be able to have my own agency and to have, be making a crap ton of money to be working with the best clients. And I wanted that so badly. And I burned myself out last year, even though I've talked about how I had the most amazing financial year, my first year of business. I felt very lucky and very blessed. I was dying. I was like working so hard. I was working the late hours that I was used to working from advertising. And I forgot that I needed to focus on myself. My mental health went way down. And even though numbers on books was like really amazing, I didn't want to do it anymore. I was so exhausted. And so I think success to me now looks like, to your point, freedom, being able to go out and have a day off, go travel and see my friends, go spend time in my garden, be able to spend time with my husband when he gets off work because he does work a full-time job. And I just want the flexibility to sleep in. And like, there's so many things I want to do and I do want to be successful. I mean, I just talked about how I'm like stressed because I'm not putting <laughs> myself well enough. I still like care about this business a lot, but I care about myself more. Yeah. And you should like, I mean, you, especially like we are the businesses when, when it's us, the solo, you know, when, when we're doing the solo thing. And I mean, when you have a team, like it's more complicated, but like, just like with marketing, it's like if you're not happy running your business, like your clients are going to be able to feel that. Like, you know, we were even just having a conversation with our friend um, the other day, and you know, she was telling us that she, it just didn't feel right running her business, and it just didn't feel like it was fulfilling her. And so she's going to go and pursue, you know, work in the corporate world, and she's excited about that, and we're so excited for her too. And it's like check in with yourself. Like, is this fulfilling you? Is this, you know, how is your mental health? Like, I know we talk about that so much, but I don't know. It's something that I wish I would have heard from someone when I was starting out my business or even in the second year of my business. You know, it's like you can define success in the way that you want to. Maybe success is you are making a million dollars. Maybe that's your version of success. Don't let anyone tell you that that's not like that. That shouldn't be, you know, your version of success. I, I support that, but like, you know, whatever that is for you, own it. I would say sometimes also I get really bogged down by like seeing other people on social media talking about like, oh, you have to make 10K months, like make six figure years. I'm close to making a million dollars. And like, again, like you said, there's nothing wrong with it, but I also feel like it makes me feel that that's what I have to do too. And so you lose sight of the why you lose sight of everything and feel like you have to do a million things to get to that point. And it's just really exhausting. And like, kind of wish that I like kind of wish that Instagram and social media didn't exist. I know it has been such a great way to connect with people. I mean, I met you on social media, but it also is just like really exhausting and makes me want to quit my job. (laughs) Honestly, like I have been in that, like burn it all down, like, you know, day or week, you know, I've, I've been there. I feel like so many of us have, and let's normalize that and everything. But yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, that phrase, like, love that for you. You know, it's like, like you want to make a million dollars, love that for you. Literally. I truly love that for you, but it doesn't have to be my story because my story is not your story. And, you know, just because we say that we define success in one way, 
that doesn't mean that you need to define success that way. I feel like every answer to every question we ever give is like, if you like it, do it. If you don't like it, don't do it. You know, yeah, it's, it's like, like the most unuseful <laughs> podcast. I literally like don't, don't <laughs> do whatever listen, you want. Stop listening right now. <laughs> no, but it's funny too listening to you and hearing what your thoughts are because I think our values are very aligned, mm-hmm. but our businesses are very different they too. Yeah. And our family situation looks different. And like it's interesting to have the the differentiation of what that looks like. And I like that we're different, but also similar. Yeah. I feel like, like you said, the core values are definitely like very aligned. You've got the job. You're hired. (laughs) You're hired. That's what Jen said to me when she asked if I wanted to be on the podcast like last year. You got it. You're hired. I know. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This has been such a great conversation. I feel like I'm... I think we have to do this more often. Yeah. I feel like it's like a good check-in. Like I feel like I just kind of had like a therapy session and like I yeah, feel for just free. Like, for free. <laughs> I know you guys did too. No, I just feel like a little bit lighter and I feel a little bit more empowered to be confident in making decisions that look different from other people. You know, like if I want every single post on my Instagram to be a reel that gets zero views, then like I'm gonna go for that because I think it's fun, you know? Like if Esther wants to not post for three months, like do that. Like, let it be fun. Be, be a LinkedIn influencer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> also like going back to your question of earlier that you were struggling with, just trusting that we have this whole journey ahead of us. We have clients that are going to come in. We're going to inevitably have still difficult clients. We're also going to probably say yes to the wrong things. You're going to struggle through things, but this is all about learning and growing and being better than yesterday. That's our whole tagline. Heck yeah. (laughs) You are just constantly going to learn things about yourself, learn what you like and don't like. And I think that the right things are going to come. The right projects are going to come. And I really believe that for you. Like you're just going to have an overabundance. Thank you. Oh, you're manifesting abundance for me. I am. (laughs) Love that. I'm manifesting the marketing plan that feels laid back and exciting and not a to-do list item. And it feels like something that you can't wait to do. And that doesn't take a lot of time and brings in the best clients. <laughs> I hope so too. And You'll I'm manifesting it. also not staying up late and doing it because Jen knows I like stay up till like 3am sometimes because yeah. I get the energy and then <laughs> I'm dead for the next two days. Stay up till 3am doing something fun, like watching a movie or reading or okay. like doing I can something do that. like that. <laughs> or read and watch a movie in the daytime and then do your work at night. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, let's move on to our inbox question. Okay, now we're going to do our inbox question. This question is from Titus Haram, and he asks, as a brand designer, should we target our services to a specific market segment, or is it better to enter all markets? This is super interesting because I would say that there are two answers to this question, literally the two that you asked. Yes. (laughs) And I think it depends on what stage in your business you are, as well as what you're looking to get out of your business. So I think when it is better to enter all markets is perhaps when you're first starting out. You want to kind of explore and see what really sticks with you, what resonates with you, the type of businesses you enjoy working with, the type of businesses you feel very confident in. 
and just kind of getting to see little pieces of everything. So that would be a space where I think it's better to enter all of them. And then another time that it would be good to enter all markets is if you really want to kind of scale your business to be a full-fledged agency that kind of works with everyone and anyone. But that being said, I think that you still have to segment out and work in your zone of genius. So even though you could enter the market for any and all type of business, maybe your zone of genius is I work on website design. I work on Squarespace for anyone who needs it, but it's Squarespace. Or I do brand design for anyone. I think that that could work. Yeah, I think that you can you can narrow down your focus when you find that you when you find what you like to do and what your clients like asking you for. I think it's never a bad idea to do a little bit of market research on the people that are following you if you want to put something in your Instagram stories and just kind of see like you know what are you guys most interested in for me? Maybe maybe it's your process that makes you, you know, like that narrows down your target market. Maybe it's that you only offer VIP days or intensives. You know, maybe it is that you only that you focus on web first. I think it's called digitally native brands. Maybe that's your you know market segment. So it's not necessarily a specific industry, but it is kind of segmenting you down into something more specific. I think the most important thing is to know what type of work you like to do and know what type of work is going to be valuable to the type of clients that you want to work with. Because where there is value, that's where you're going to see conversion. um, And you're going to see it probably at a higher price point than if it's just like someone who kind of doesn't necessarily know what type of like return they want to see on their investment. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. And I think the time to enter a specific area, a specific market segment is when you want to be known as the expert in that area. Maybe you know the lingo, you know how to talk to them, you know what is going to really move the needle for that area. And you're going to be seen as this person who can do it all for that area. So I think that there's a little bit of exploration that you need to do before you get into being really specific, but there's really a lot of value in niching. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of value in being the go-to person. Or being known for something because then you're going to get referrals from parallel industries and even, you know, like not coworkers, but people who are in your specific industry, you know, like. You can charge higher too because you are well known and you're good at what you do. I think when you kind of go into all markets, there is this potential to kind of stay at the same price point for everything because you're with everyone. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that you said it all. Um, again, our answer is <laughs> extremely unhelpful. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's really about hopefully- which part, which timeline you're on, and what you want out of it. So I think the core. If we take a step back from the question itself, and Titus, I want to just ask you, what do you want out of your business? What are your goals? What are your goals? And it kind of goes back to our conversation of like, what does success look like for you? Mm-hmm. What is your why? Why do you want to do this business? And if it is to target one area, maybe you're working with photographers. If that's something that you love, then that's going to work great. But if you, if your why is to just work with everything and kind of explore and try things, then enter everything. Love it. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We had a lot of fun recording in person. 
and we're just going to go and enjoy the rest of our evening and we will be back next Tuesday. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.